1998, I founded the Kalamazoo Poetry Slam. I did it because I had a few talented friends who needed a place to take their art to the next level. And because I knew there had to be more voices out there waiting to be heard. And because I wanted to go to an open mic where at least two out of three poems didn't suck. My name is Tracy Smith, and this is the KZU Slamcast. This is Slam Later, like the poems are like, you dirty fucking whore. But this is one of the good ones from the beginning. My ears reach the suburban noise of night. There's a question asked in one limited moment to never cross I am the Smith. I am the poet. I am the Industrial Revolution. No longer bright as fireflies. Welcome to episode three of the Keizu Slamcast. This episode was recorded in January of 2000 and featured Chicago poet Mr. Ken Green. However, you won't be hearing him until part two next week with the Poetry Slam. This is just the open mic portion of the show. I could deny the situation. Father time comes by To call me to my station Oh me, oh my deny the situation but father time comes by to call me to my station I always play the song I feel the most insecure about first. <laughs> Why I do that, I don't know. Don't turn them down. The pavement. 
a chick with a but she's the mother of God. I call sweet S-U-I-T-E because it's uh, like a dream and then a story about a party. <laughs> uh, a cop shot me in the head. No, I ain't lying. Shot me in the head. And you were crying. Told me that his gun was very small. A cop shot me in the head. A cop shot me in the head. In the place where everything's the same. with their kids
in my head. There's a circle in my head. There's a gentleman by the name of uh, Samuel Langhorn Clemens, a.k.a. Mark Twain, who wrote some speeches a long, long time ago. One of them was uh, on advice to girls. And in 1907, a young girl whom Mr. Clemens met on a steamer, the Minnehaha, uh, called him Grandpa. And uh, he called her granddaughter. She was attending St. Timothy at uh, Catonsville, Maryland. And Mr. Clemens promised her to see her graduate. He accordingly made the journey from New York on June 10th, 1909, and delivered a short address. I don't know what to tell you girls to do. Mr. Martin has told you everything you ought to do, and now I must give you some don'ts. There are three things which come to mind which I consider excellent advice. First, girls, don't smoke. That is, don't smoke to excess. I am 73 and a half years old, and I have been smoking 73 of them. But I never smoke to excess. That is, I smoke in moderation, only one cigar at a time. Second, don't drink. That is, don't drink to excess. Third, don't marry. I mean, to excess. Honesty is the best policy. That is an old proverb, but you don't want to ever forget it in your journey through life. The second uh, is a piece that he did um, at the Lodos Club. Thanks. 
It was a dinner to Governor Odell on March 24th, 1900. And uh, there was apparently a police problem at the time, brutality and whatnot. So this is Mr. Twain's thoughts on this. It's entitled Poets as Policemen. Let us abolish policemen who carry clubs and revolvers and put in a squad of poets armed to the teeth with poems on spring and love. I would be very glad to serve as commissioner, not because I think I am especially qualified, but because I am too tired to work and I would like to take a rest. Howells here would go well as my deputy. He too is tired and needs a rest badly. I would start it at once to elevate, purify, and depopulate the red light district. I would assign the most soulful poets to that district, all heavily armed with their poems. Take Chauncey Depew as example. I would station them on the corners and after they have rounded up all the depraved people of the district so they could not escape. And then I would have them read from their poems to the poor unfortunates. The plan would be very effective in causing an emigration of the deprived element. Mr. Mark Twain, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I know you're always supposed to say, like, start off with a joke, but how many people out there are like Michiganders? Okay, so like most of us, with a few exceptions here and there. I heard this great joke on Michigan the other day, and I got to do it. So, All right, a Texan, a Canadian, and a Michigander are out riding on the range. Texan hauls up shorts, pulls a bottle of whiskey out of saddlebags, takes a big drink out of the thing, throws it up there, and boom, shoots it. Canadian says, what'd you do that for? Texan said, well, down here we got plenty of whiskey. None of it's good, and heck, bottles are cheap. So a little while later, they're riding along, and all of a sudden the Canadian reins up short, pulls up a bottle of champagne, takes a big drug out, drink out of it, throws it up, and boom, shoots it out of the sky. Michigander says, what'd you do that for? Well, Canadian says, hey, where I come from, we got lots of champagne, ain't none of it good, and bottles are cheap. Okay, so he accepts that. A little while later, Michigander pulls up short, pulls out a bottle of Stroh's, opens it up, and drinks her all the way down, wipes the bottle off, puts it back in his saddlebag, turns around, and shoots the Canadian. The Texan looks over to him and says, what'd you do that for? And he says, well, we got the best damn beer in the country. Our bottles are worth 10 cents, but we got Canadians everywhere. Thank you. All right, give it up for John. I hope we didn't offend any Canadians. Okay, next on the list. Todd, you got some poems for us? Come on, brother. start stocking cake behind the bar, Dean. Man, you got one. All right, next on the list we have Charlie. You gonna read some poems for us, Charlie? All right, come on up here, brother. 
I know I'm a ham. Call this solutions. I put it where I can see it. A storm knocked out the elevator in the sky rise where I worked. I decided to become a doctor. My house became infested with red roaches. They were in my clothes. I decided to call the exterminator. I caught a groundhog in my garden. I killed it with a shovel. When I was a boy, I shot a cardinal with my BB gun. Thank you. All right, give it up for Charlie. All right, there's one more slot left on the slam list, so if anybody wants to slam, get up there and do it quick. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, next up, we have Sean Shea. Come on. Keep forgetting your tall Christmas. Okay, um, this is for New England diners. It's the griddle never clean kitchens that salt away the booze at night after last call and the moon still hangs into the night and the coffee and the booth and the eggs that promise dawn to the sun side up plates. These are the sky and the wind coming in from the Jubulitzer jukebox to the weather of required Patsy Klein. There is mountain air in the exhaust fan over the American fries and a week's worth of acne in every bite, but the beer excuses the breakfast and the juke croons your tune to the night late early into the tonight and there are mafia wives to drop charms cigarettes off of, give them one of your tunes instead of a kiss. Cops wander in and out to the tune of their walkies talking. This is the after close. This is the anything did happen before when it did was too crowded. And this is the time when we, after it happened, and we have to decide if we still like what the night is to us. This is where the fruit marketeers get their early morning meal before the farmers rise, and we are all in the thick of the night beer lessons and afterglow of dirty dancing to the grind inside ourselves. Should we stop and thank the fruit dudes staring at the 4 a.m. to give this oasis of breakfast its legit role? The trick is reversing the usual hours, 11 p.m. to 11 a.m. The effect is night court for the soul of the singles bar. The baby deck with the Lucky Strike logos painted over the emblems on her Honda Rebel goes up to the box all buzz cut and exits a bill from her fold and pushes Patsy Klein into our ears from the jukebox walking after midnight wondering who she might meet at the moment the music I wished it was for me. You meet at a breakfast place and the sex has a right to be impersonal and no goodbye morning even. The wall-to-wall -wall is whole place full and the British waitress is going to get married soon. Rollins wrote a poem about it and the door to the shitter still says WC. Uh, don't we all want a diner that, our faces, that faces the sun in the morning to tell our lives of ourselves into the light and have them burn magnesium cream clean across us. Coffee is good and the cups are thick in their institutional indestructibility. Aren't we the same even than the sun? Because just one cook 
and there's a slow rhythm, or the home fries over there on the right will just get a little too greased in the paprika all night. There is a snap, crackle, sizzle, and the egg sunny side over hard with the solo of the spatula in the middle. Toast up and take out the new sliced, click, butter down, hot ones, slice diagonal, slice onto the plate and onto the eggs until the next brunch. The pay attention to me of the corned beef hash. This is the man to match the temperature time of the meat and the egg and the uneven socks. Unexhaust, exhausted fan. This fire suppression fryer, flame broiler, more than the rest can move. This man who keeps two or three waitresses busy along with the feed of 40, 50, 60. The numbers come like telephone booth stuffing, which by coincidence is the name of the special tonight. I need to sober up and race the dawn home. I wish I could stay today and close this pancake stand with a side of you, just a rib or two. Love you till the words come out. And I say this like a vampire on a day pass. Take care of this. The night takes care of this. Thanks. Um, I want to thank Salvation Army for finally having a printer compatible with my Macintosh. And um, I just found like one small sort of hair bandolin inside and poof, all of a sudden it worked, so it's great. Um, I give people lessons about Providence because uh, the Poetry Slam Nationals are going to be in Providence this year. This is about dumpster diving. Um, dumpster diving is the big habit in almost any college town and Providence, Rhode Island has got to be king of the dumpster dive halls. And when the U-Hauls clog the streets, the locals know the season of cheap sublet rooms is ahead for the next three months. They know the cafes will again be comfortable and not filled with anyone who really needs it right away. Locals pine for the clear streets, less towed vehicles, and prices returning to reason, but the resourceful East Sider is a more hidden advantage, you see, because on the last of the month, garbage day after graduation, there is what they call the night of plenty. Today is cornucopia day, so don some rubber gloves with me and come sidewalk shopping. It's almost as if you lived on the island, but with nothing but bats flying over you, crapping on your head for generations, then someone comes through and goes gaga about how much valuable guano there is. But in this case, all we do is throw out the stuff they go, wait, we go through the stuff they bought but can't keep. Two carry-ons and two check-in bags don't let for much. So if you care to come to my favorite little department store, we can all get the things that we, they flaunted and you wanted buried under half a year's porn and pantyhose. The store is called a curbside manor where customers may enjoy an open-air shopping experience by moonlight. It's Sunday. Let's go shopping, baby. Dress comfortably in dark. Dumpster diving is such an adventurous experience that it often pays to bring a guide. And say what you will about crazy Jeff Terranova, he is the best garbage picker in all of New England. He lives here now because he knows that most bloated colleges prey upon these situations. You see, just like a good speaker needs a good commencement ceremony, crazy Jeff comes here to higher education institutions from Maine to Colorado, and you can say that that handsome coal black Morton Ash of Fellini's fame is a better garbage man, and you might be right, but Mort is a professional house cleaner, and don't you ever call him a garbage picker and let me hear you say it. He works for the estate lawyers and cares for people's love things after someone has died, and he only takes what those who left can't stand to take. 
Mort's as close as we get to an urban legend, and he's the best sin eater in town, all burnt red fox and beautiful church-going silver-haired crisps. Mr. Ash never took anything off a curb, so what we have to see is crazy Jeff Daranova. You see, I wear a 56 triple tall, and I can't get shit at Salvation Army for a week, but Jeff turns around at the first dumpster and says, here, this ought to fit you. A working Macintosh, toaster oven, last year's high times, prescription medicine, 50 sound equipment, orange Grover fur couches, bags upon bags upon bags of clothing. There are working Wolitzer organs just laying on their backs, and all you got to do is get quiet and load them. And while we're on the subject of trash smashing ethics, don't leave a mess. Braided rugs look great under the neon sign that says featuring Yukonuba and some 85-year-old scotch I found it by mistake in an old doctor's dumpster. Jeff shows me Peter Murphy Westwood One radio concert CD that ought to be worth a good 300 to any collector. And there are fully automatic BB guns, French postcards, pocket Walkmans, record albums, coffee makers, and shitty burnt-out lamps mixed in with the orange peel and Earth Day posters. It's my standing fantasy to have a warehouse where I can store the spare furniture that I pluck off the street in the days of plenty and sell it back to the students come September. Back in Michigan, I'd have to steal for shit like that. You see, it's a pullover, honey. I need that ironing board. Meanwhile, you stop and see either a bassoon or a bagpipe case, so you take all three and lovingly put them back in your car. Someone threw a working tandem bike in the trash. God damn. Someone gets out of the car and takes two hefty cinch sacks off of it and, well, put it in the back of our house. See you up on Brooks next. Now we cover twice as much ground. Anyone seen a waterbed? You got a gas dryer over there? Remember that classic arcade game, Star Castle? Well, it's over on Fifth Street. Just take it off the lawn next to the eight-foot guitar that someone shitheaded and sprayed Ozzy on. And I don't care if this is a station wagon. There's no way you're going to fit that piano into it. What the fuck do you mean on top? Look, look, coffee cakes for everyone. There must be 15 bunt cakes in here. Just check. If uh, anyone wants gay porn, it's over in the recycle bin. It's a payoff time for so many payoffs, like in all of Providence. So welcome. We have something in your size. Thanks. All right, that was Sean Shane. Next up, we've got Ronnie. Ronnie? All right, come on up, brother. All right, um, I call this Spirit Dancer. Spirit Dancer, I see you. Spirit Dancer, may I be you. The paths of darkness were treacherous, but I prevailed. Seeing through the shrouds of my own self-conscience while learning the focal points of my energy system has brought an enlightenment of love and poetry. Maturing from dagger to sword with the help of a shotgun and a cosmic flower, now the chance of the Spirit Dancer has me wishing for a drum. I can almost see his manifested aura in the knowledge that his path is the path of God. Wish I had a mohawk or a mushroom so I could dance with the spirits, but mushrooms aren't needed anymore because meditation sparks the same euphoria. And what's more, the mohawk is a paper-made ink pen. My earth is this notepad, so as a man, I, am, I tread across God's paper. The rewards unexpected were a soul made in a new life. Every day is one more struggle, but the spirit's dancer image has grown clearer. I can just make him out now, familiar in his features. Then one night as I watch my baby sleep, I look to my right and behold the spirit dancer. His face is mine and those brands are mine. Yup, everything's perfect right down to the hair on my toes. The spirit dancer is no other than me dancing the seeds across God's paper. As the children of spirit, we are spirits and brothers to all with spirits. The darkened ones must be cleansed if possible. The paper must be recycled. 
I started as a minor syllable but have grown into a capital. Seeing the road so much like lines, you learn to avoid the commas. Spirit dance around them. They'll lead you to another road entirely too fast and disaster lies in moving too fast. I know that I am ready to start my life with the spirit dancer running through my veins. A nod here and a laugh there, but two books written this last year. I saw a comma that looked different than all the others and behold, it was a musical note. And these straight lined roads had become ablaze with ambition held in the glory of God. I wish all of you could feel how I feel when I write a poem. Maybe you do. It's the feeling of seeing that spirit dancer for the first time, of knowing yourself for the first time. All right, give him a big hand, hell yeah. Ronnie's got me inspired, man. I'm gonna run a cover real quick. This is Saul Stacy Williams. Saturn's rivers overflow with schools of frankincense and mermaids swimming, drenching the waters with ancient magic in the secrets of the Saturn Sutra. Secrets that would name the future. <sighs> Let me start over. Whew, I've been practicing this for like weeks, Ronnie, and I fucked it up for you. <laughs> Saturn's rivers overflow with schools of frankincense and mermaids swimming, drenching the waters with ancient magic and the secrets of the Saturn Sutra, secrets that would name the future and saturate the soul with stardust and samba of seasons untold. So I sailed my soul to the four thoughts of the forgotten and waded through windows of um. Through meditation, I programmed my heart to beat breakbeats and hum bass lines upon exhalation. And I burn seven-day candles that melt into 12-inch circles on my mantle and spin funk like myrrh. And I can fade worlds in and out with my mixing patterns, letting Earth spin while I blend in Saturn. Brothers be licking, sticking, locking, popping, braiding hair while the sonic force of the soul keeps the planets rocking. And the, mat and beat, the beat don't stop when matter, soulless matter flows into the cosmos trying to become stars. And the beat don't stop when Earth sends satellites to spy on Saturnites and control Mars because we got a peace treaty with Martians. And we be keeping them up to date with sacred gibberish like show enough and it's on. And the beat goes on. And the beat goes on. And the beat goes I roam through the streets of downtown Venus trying to auction off Osiris' severed penis, but they don't want no penis on Venus because cosmic androgyny sense the spirits free and they neither me nor woman be, but they be down with a billion brothers who have yet to see the interplanetary truth is androgynous and they be sending us shout-outs with shooting stars and being like, what's up and talking Mars? We are solar and no matter how far from home we roam, the Earth remains the center through Oh. I am no earthling. I drink moonshine on Mars and mistake meteors for stars because I can't hold my liquor. But I can hold my breath and ascend like wind to the black hole and play galaxophones on the fire escapes of your soul, blowing tunes through lunar wombs, impregnating stars, giving birth to suns that darken the skins that skin our drums. And we be beating infinity over sacred hums, spinning funk like myrrh until Jesus comes. And Jesus comes every time we drum. And the moon drips blood and eclipses the sun. And and out of the darkness comes the And out of the darkness comes the And out of the darkness comes the Oh Woo! 
now that I've stretched my legs a little bit, <laughs> we're ready to have a party. All right, next up in the open mic, it's Greg. Come on up here, Greg. All right. If you feel that you are the subject of this poem, I have a good friend sitting at that table that wants to go home with you. Rock and roll boyfriend, grind that funky bone, baby, like it was carved out of one of your ribs while you was passed out in an alcoholic trance, dreaming secret magical dreams that only rising rock gods dream. Make those young girls scream, supple skin sweating, glistening with smoky sweat. You know how bad they can get, rock and roll boyfriend. Rock and roll boyfriend, how long did it take you to grow that hair? Is there really anything beyond your laser beam sex glare? We want to worship you, rock and roll boyfriend. We want to watch you bleed, sliding your thin nicotine-stained fingers down the slick neck of a lover that'll never leave you no matter how shitty you treat the bitch. You make us itch in all the right places. You masturbate on cue to find your rock and roll faces, and we gobble up your skank, you beautiful overbone blank rock and roll boyfriend. Rock and roll boyfriend, you're shaking. Ready to make your move, you got everything to prove. You're a loaded gun, ready to come on our make-pretend nightclub faces. You're reeling and dealing, covering all your bases, burning all your bridges from venue to venue. Like Superman on cocaine, she's slipping you into her vein, waiting for the bright blue electric rush, your over-amplified noise box crush, to blow our minds beyond recognition. You got a cure for her condition, rock and roll boyfriend. Hey, rock and roll boyfriend, forget all this shit. Go on and be a big hit. In the back of every rundown bar from here to Toledo. You know you're going to go far when they ask about your sound and you put them to the ground with something between Black Sabbath and Nazareth or the cult and Metallica or Led Zeppelin and Iggy Pop. They know you just can't stop until they cream themselves with anticipation, calling you into their local radio station who never heard of you and doesn't have a demo. What the hell do they know? You had to spend every last bit of that money on that black metallic bass that got you laid last night. Tomorrow it'll get you into a fight. My boyfriend's a rock star and he's gonna kick your ass. That you will never win until you pawn that tramp off on your ex-drummer, rock and roll boyfriend. Rock and roll boyfriend, wham, blam, blam, blam. Rock and roll boyfriend, you make son of Sam look like a Sunday school teacher. You know we're dying to meet you. We can't get enough of the way you huff and puff. Hang on to that riff, rock and roll boyfriend. Till you got nothing left to give, rock and roll boyfriend. Cause we want to be shocked, you sweating monster of rock. And we'll headbang to the beat while you grab your swollen meat. Cause you're the motherfucking cocksucking badass bastard, bunghole grease and plaster caster, king of the goddamn universe. Rock and roll boyfriend. Oh yeah, he's right over there now. All right, next up on the list, it's Laurel. Come on up. two poems to read tonight, and uh, I just wanted to say that I wasn't going to read the first one until Ronnie read, so just so you know. <clears throat> I'm learning lately what faith is. There are moments when the world is open, 
and anything can be done or said. The velocity of their absurdity is insignificant. All things are accepted between parties, even when nothing is understood. These moments are what give me faith to trust. Trust in an individual and trust that something more is happening beyond what I can imagine. Just because I see something doesn't mean I understand why it is there. Acknowledging these moments does not necessarily make anything better or worse, me wiser or more foolish. What it does do is give me strength. When I stop trying to figure out how things are laid out and start deciding to lay them out the way I want them, well, let's just say it's easier to see things happen. Doesn't make what I see any more real than what someone else sees or any more true. One of the hardest things I see to pass through is a transparent wall that has developed between so many of us. I think this is a hard time for most. We're getting to a point where we can see how each other live without really understanding how it was made. We're getting to the point where the differences are obvious. It's gonna take some time before the walls move from something we can see through into something we can walk through. Don't be angry for that. Don't be angry for that. See what you're building. That's what faith is about. Being able to give without knowing what the end result will be. Thanks. This next one's called Kadump, and Kadump is a word that I made up. Um, Kadump is the sound that your shoes make while walking, right? Right? Okay, so that's Kadump, so that's the name of the poem. It doesn't come up any other point in the poem, that's just the name. So anyway, <laughs> okay, dream the dream, then make it. Hate the present, sleep one day, change tomorrow. Don't sweat the small stuff, believe in yourself. The world is not bigger than you. You are making this world. It does not control you. No one else holds the reins. Drink lots of coffee, stay away from vegetables, unless you have a craving. Watch TV, live, consume, and figure out what you owe later. Eat fattening food, drink good scotch when you can afford it. Raise your credit card limits with no intention of paying them off. Go to school, take out lots of loans. Stop having a reason to do dry cleaning. Read books not recommended by the New York Times. Buy new dresses from stoop sales for 50 cents. Don't wash your jeans. Stop trying to make sense of idiots. Talk to people, smile, fall in love. Let yourself. Make something with your hands. Eat cheese sandwiches and pizza. Call your grandparents. Tell them what's really going on in your life. Keep it simple. Pay the rent. Breathe. Make love twice a day. Adopt a stray dog. Go for long walks in big circles. Listen to the wind. Walk lightly. Leave footprints. Don't worry. Eat oysters. Spend all of your money. Have fun. Play softball, listen to good music, check out books from the library, tell people to shut up and fuck off, get married, have babies, buy new shoes when you're broke, preferably blue suede, say what you think, be quiet when you're sure, drive with no destination, tell your parents the truth, buy chocolate by the pound, don't go to the dentist, don't care about ad campaigns, play sports you suck at, wear layers, make friends, say hello, think about God, listen to people's stories, order in, buy yourself flowers, smoke cigarettes in the bathtub, eat in bed, climb trees, ride roller coasters, argue, remember people's names, teach, watch baseball, climb, 
Make long distance phone calls, listen to Elvis, play pool, remember, talk to kids, think, or sorry, drink Bloody Marys on Sundays. Have a favorite song and play it on every jukebox you can. Love without expectations. Don't hope for the best, get it. Remember what you thought when you were 15. Tell stories, even if they're boring. Sing out loud in public places. Don't stay mad. Play Scrabble, Gin, and Backgammon. Short people are cool. They are. I'm not. I'm not patronizing short people. No. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, behave. All right. Next up, we have Mr. Dan Stevens to share some stuff for uh, with us. Give him a hand. Come on, guys. I'm gonna read this one first because it's new, and it's a downer. I will not sing a single line of this poem or even raise my voice. I will not dance or shake my hands and I will not learn anything from this poem or teach anything. I will not use meter or rhyme or a single metaphor. I will not obsess over this poem, carrying it with me wherever I go, scratching out lines and changing them as they come to me. I will not doubt this poem or regret anything it stands for. I will not give this poem away or put it in a book to sell to other poets. I will not reminisce in this poem or dream fondly of brighter Sunday mornings. And I will not excuse this poem by telling you in advance that I'm not sure I like it or dissect it later by discussing it over drinks. I will not second guess this poem or program it to elicit a prescribed response. I will not cry in this poem. I will not laugh or shout. I will not take shallow breaths and force out each line, and I will not practice this poem to prove I can do it justice. I will not lie in this poem or even stretch out the truth. I will not get drunk or overindulge this poem for fear it would lose its solvent strength. All I can really do in this poem is miss you. I'm going to try to remember another one off the top of my head. It's called Time is Hollow. Ticks at the clock with a talk to follow. A hollow sound, repetitive, empty, an arrogant sound with perfect precision while I'm tight with intention, ticking and talking. A metronome rocking the hours to sleep and the minutes shall reap the second's reward and the horde shall roar for its own pious glory while the clock tower screams the same simple story over and over with every moment passing the rhyme with passionate rhythm. Ticks at the clock with a talk to follow. An abstract notion set in motion on your wrist, on your wall, on your pocket watch face telling you when to be where you want to be, when you want to be where you are on time ticks of the clock with a talk to follow shameless nameless mechanic motions laughing and longing for meaning and missing it passing and passing and rolling right over it naming each instant with numbers and letters and cheap punctuation forgetting the course of the earth's rotation and setting the sun to a quartz vibration ticks of the clock with a talk to follow making me crazy and late like a dormouse chasing the second hand ticking and talking and telling me nothing and passing me over in daylight savings time fucked me again i want to spring forward and fall back again or is it fall forward and spring back Ah, ticks of the clock with a talk to follow. You strive to fill time, but time is hollow. Thank you. Just not enough time. All right. 
Got to remind you guys, we don't have any breaks. We just keep on rolling this thing. So whenever you need beer or whatever, you know, feel free to, to move and be free and drink. Drink like crazy. Be drunk. Be loud. You guys still loud? Be loud. Be loud. Louder. Louder. Don't encourage the host, no. All right, next we have Dawn. Come on up, Dawn. Damn the Tom people. There we go. Ah, there you go. <laughs> All right, here we go. Hope that doesn't fall out. That would be very bad. All right. So I'm smoking the ninth cigarette in the last half an hour, and the coffee is yet to kick in, and that's all I need, cigarettes and coffee. And I, I have a feeling that I'm lying to myself again, trying to run away, conditioned to move at a moment's notice. I click my heels, and none of it disappears, and I'm still smoking with frustration. And all the sedate powers of nicotine couldn't peaceify me now. I need to commune with a mountain, sit under a tree, and be. But my brain won't let me, won't stop the circle dance and neurons, firing my thoughts like an electric Kool-Aid test I didn't know I was involved in. But I'm pretending to hold it together until the false, warm, false calm waves over me where I'll be the maid of honor for one little sister and I'll hide the broken-hearted waitress poet in the, in the closet with the ex-boys and the unfinished projects and the dreams left covered in dust. And I will comfort the baby sister who doesn't understand her aggression. I could blame everyone else, but I only blame myself. Taught to escape, brought up to believe, never good enough. And so our parents fucked our heads. Knowing that doesn't help me now when I need such an evil fucking word. Someone to lean on and there's no one there and I should do it on my own, but I'm not sure I'll make it without breaking down. I'm caught with a tear-stained smile, missing him, even though that's why I left him. I missed him when I wanted to hold him. And I think I asked for too much or not enough when I shouldn't ask for anything. And maybe I'll sit back and be patient, or maybe I'll start a wildfire throughout this city of misfit artists I call home. Find the answer in the bottom of a coffee cup or an overflowing purple treasure book. Hold my hand out, laden with all the truth I feel. Maybe I'll lead someone else through this labyrinth of absent lovers, unfulfilled purpose, burned bridges, and big dogs that don't bite but bark. Or maybe I'll find myself a little twinkle in the eye of my mother when I declared it five in front of all the saints and God and everyone laughed. And my mother, she believed in me. And I guess that's a good place to start. All right. You ready, Bill? You ready? We caught him off guard. Happens sometimes. All right, give a big hand for Bill. Yeah, I guess this will work. Got two really uplifting poems here. Night Watchman's Funeral. Tonight the world sits high, looming silently in the firmament. White winter stars lay in the darkness like crumbs left by some god. There are no tears of love for your passing remembrance. In death you seem somehow repaired, better fitted for your new role. Lying midway, a swinging bridge of bones and cartilage. Leading to the other side of thoughts, the spoken word, the echo. Earlier at the parlor, I watched with morbid curiosity as you were carefully put in place. Try to get a glimpse of your beautiful face, elusive as one moving through a crowd, but all I could see was your still white dress sleeping around you. Hey. One more. Okay. Now this is called Untitled. Silently, the clouds drift across Empty blue skies swept along like the length of the day. 
watching them stack up on horizons, climbing each other, taking the shapes of feelings and thoughts and indescribable things. There's really not much left to say. The mind's eye doesn't have a tongue. It can't climb the Tower of Babel, and Jacob's ladder has no rungs. After all, with clouds and the understanding of grays, sunlit shapes and thoughts and things, there really ain't much left to say. The need for cluttered rabble of the spoken word, first understood but heard, phony real, blinding the mind to the here and now, poking its noisy finger at us. Caught me sleeping on the job. All right. Next up, we have Philip Miller, who's going to introduce our host and spin a few, or uh, introduce the host. And I haven't even drank any beer yet. All right, all right, all right, all right. Put my mind back together. Philip, who is going to introduce our feature and do a couple open mic pieces of his own. So give it up for Philip Miller. All right. After last week when I ran those fast haikus um, at the open, a friend came up and, and thanked me for coming down off my shelf. I still don't know how I feel about that. Howsomever, everything I'm reading tonight is still unmemorized and on paper. If that's what she meant about the shelf, I'm down. Got a couple of things to say before um, I... Uh, indulge myself in the uh, privilege of uh, introducing the, uh, you know, kind of doing that strut thing, look what I brought home this time. <laughs> and one of them is this, is, uh, is that not correct? Is our first anniversary at the Craft Brow. This would be the 13th consecutive month of, and last month Reggie made a comment about that, that I've heard him make in a lot of different places that he plays, and I dig it a lot because as a, a writer and a, and a performer, I really appreciate that you guys came out because you could have gone in anywhere. I mean, hell, it's cold outside. It's Michigan. F folks squirrel up in their own living rooms, sit down with books. Well, if it was my book, cool. But on the other hand, you came out here, and we appreciate it. The first thing on my mind is um, a piece of Ferlinghetti that you might have heard before, but... You see, it was like this when we walked into this joint. There was a couple of papish cats doing an Aztec two-step, and I said, Dad, let's cut. But then this dame comes up behind me, see, and she says, Hey, you and me could really exist. Wow, I says. Only... The next day, she's got bad teeth and really hates poetry. <laughs> and since we've um, survived the, um, the overhyped disaster that turned out to really be nothing, yeah, you know, and now we're wondering where our next real cheap, good cheap thrill is going to come from and uh, where the next turning point of direction is going to happen that you know, anybody's going to care about. I think it's a, a wake-up, 10-cup, three-sig, hangover morning when it finally dawns over the front lines of the real revolution 
in the frontal lobes of our minds. The Ascension's Curve chronicles evolution, revolution, resolution, evolution, resolution, restitution, revolution, evolution, convolution, institution, insurrection, with apologies to Gil Scott Heron, the revolution will so be televised, custom closed circuit scripted on cable access, uncensored, sense around sound, fully illuminated like technicolor could never dream to concur the collective conscious on the personal video screens in the individual spirit of Ascension's curve, curving into revolution, evolution, resolution. Evolution, resolution, restitution. Revolution, resolution, inst televised hell. The real revolution will be advertised, socialized, subsidized, sabotomized, pasteurized, over your head, only in your head with the spirit sonorous sounds again in the gathering of the revolutionist children out of their revolutionary childhood and where can they do the most good then in the enlightenment of all men and ever notice how salt sends a certain subtle sweetness over hash brown potatoes? Evolution, revolution, substitution, convolution. Maybe it's the pepper. Evolution, revolution, institution. Uh, anybody want coffee? Behind the bar. Evolution, revolution, institution, absolution, absolutely. Bereft in the berets of revolution. Che Guarva, Lenin, Lenin, Mao, Mamet, Gandhi, and Genghis Khan, dead with the revolutionary boots on, revered but not followed, as though we did not know, the revolution will not be military movement, mammalian, mechanical, like a mosh pit in a poetry set, lest we all forget, there is no revolution possible in force of mass, wearing t-shirts bought, placed, and collective passe in our been-there-done-that closets. Revolution, evolution, resolution, substitution. Revolution, evolution, destitution, desolation of substitution, consolation, conversation, consensus, consensus. For a culture specializing in divisive void propaganda that can't come together for revolution, soda pop, taster's choice, sport utility vehicles, laundry soap, instant soup, single business party, political choice, can't let a choice in life be to live or die by evolution, revolution, constitution, destitution, Debris in the conscience of real revolution will our words be the purveyors of conscious ascension spiritual humanity Metaphorced out of the sacred cow ephemeral butterflies of our individual thought experiences of evolution revolution elevation Emancipation enlightenment development delight joy revolution revelation Revolution resolution is evolution Evolution resolution is revolution Evolution of resolution is restitution. Evolution, revolution, constitution, destitution, despair. Evolution, revolution, institution, substitution, disparity. Revolution, resolution, dissolution, desolation, insulation, confirmation of information, direction, disgust, destruction, dismay, consistency, and Doris Day. Que sera, sera. Whatever will be, will be. Crazy shit. I've been reading uh, Nikki Giovanni on uh, stages around for a while. Because Nikki's just entirely too hip to be ignored. And out of the um, collection, Those Who Ride the Night Winds from somewhere in the early 80s when she was kind of doing a, 
regeneration of her own spirit a little more away from the political and a little more towards the sensual, which, whether I made it or not, was where I was aiming with this, is a piece that I'm thinking of tonight in part because of what I get to do when I'm done with it, and that is introduce a friend of mine from the city, Mr. Ken Green. But this is um, just something she threw in at the beginning of the book. Well, she didn't throw it in. She obviously put a lot of time into this. And I have to apologize to, to the purists in the house. I fucked with this shit a little. Just kind of stuck in some other stuff for, you know, effect. The first poem ever written was probably carved on a cold, damp cave by a physically under-endowed caveman who was trying to gain the attention of a physically endowed cave woman. Or maybe it was she trying to get the attention of a hunk who was in demand. It might have been somebody who admired the beauty of a saber-toothed tiger, wanted to capture it, picked up a sharpened rock to draw. We know so very little about the origins of the written word, let alone the language, that all conjecture deserves some consideration. The fears of the human race are legion. Perhaps our size, strength, and speed, coupled with our ability to see our weakness, has made us an anxious species. There's smaller animals. There's frailer life forms. Yet we alone can give vent to our understanding of the tenuousness of life. Now, nature is a patient teacher. She slowly changes winter to summer by proper use of spring and fall. And that's kind of her because humans fear sudden change. Hurricanes, volcanoes, earthquakes, tornadoes are all generally perceived as aberrant. Blizzards in winters, electrical storm in summers are part of the season, but change, both gradual and violent, is a necessary ingredient with life. Art and artists, by necessity, are on the cutting edge of change. The very fact that something has been done over and over again, Robert Pinsky, is one reason to change. Everything must change if only through perception. Honor thy father and mother does not change, though the understanding of long life has, Jerry Garcia. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you has not changed, Louis Farrakhan, though the application must move from the individual to the nation, Jesse Jackson. What goes up must come down will not change, though our rock stars and super athletes seem impervious, Michael Jackson, to the, the, to the lessons of Telstar. There is in reality very little that is new under the yellow sun, Mark Twain. We have only rearranged the matter and reconceptualized the thought. Greed is a terrible thing, Donald Trump. Envy is not an exceptional, exceptional, envy is not an acceptable emotion. Jealousy is dangerous to your emotional life, OJ, and the physical and mental well-being of your loved one. Though people say they cannot change, Rush Limbaugh, change we do, Pat Buchanan, in our abilities, desires, understandings. The need to force humans to change may be one reason we all grow older George Bush, though there is no corresponding gene to make us grow wiser, Ronald Reagan. In the written arts, language has opened, becoming more accessible, more responsive to what people really think 
and say news wrote for second graders. We are now free to use any profane thought. Dice clay, that's what I meant to say there. Never liked that cat. Should have gotten that timing better to hit that one. Or express any profound thought we may wish. Sexuality, once a great taboo in language and act, is fully explored through fiction, like Playboy magazine, nonfiction, like Anais Nin, through poetry and plays, different and same gender, different and same age, different and same race, religion, or creed, all there take their places on the bookshelves, ideas that once allowed the state to poison Socrates, ideas that once allowed the church to force Copernicus to recant, ideas that once encouraged McCarthy to destroy the lives of men and women are now as acceptable as a stop-and-go light, or at least as well understood, as fluoride. While there is surely much to be done, some change has rent its ways. I changed. I chart the night winds. Glide with me. I am the walrus. The time has come to speak of many things. I got to get back on my shelf, get that shit memorized, and just stop with the paper stuff. It's nonsense. <laughs>